Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to the Retro Break Podcast. This is episode 37 and in today's episode I wanted to talk about a very exciting topic, something that I've been planning for many, many years now, but this year is finally the year where I'm starting to take this seriously and perhaps by the end of the year we'll have something out to reflect it anyway. And that is the Quintet Project, a massive project that I'm planning that's going to cover every single game that Quintet's ever made. So I guess I should first explain who Quintet are and why I care so much about this and why I'm planning to make this massive documentary style video or indeed video series about this developer. So um, Quintet, let's start with who they are. Basically they were a group of people who used to work at Falcom who are famous for things like the original Ease game among many others like Sorcerian and there's a bunch of other games and I've got it all written down. But basically three people from that Falcom team left to set up their own company called Quintet and their first game was a launch title for the Super Nintendo which I'm sure a lot of you are very familiar with and that game is called Act Razor and it was a really interesting game. It's a mix of action stages kind of like Castlevania and also simulation stages. Think maybe like a more simplified version of something like SimCity, for example. And it mashed these two elements together to make this really interesting and unique game, and there's not really anything else like it. Well, there's a few things like it today, and we'll get into that in the uh, full episodes, but at the time, it was a breath of fresh air, it was something completely unique, and it also had a really interesting theme, which was kind of you playing as God, but also demons, and maybe a little bit of... Christianity thrown in there, although they kind of censored that in Western releases. But it definitely had a lot of really interesting themes about creation and destruction, and that's something that Quintet would carry forward into most of their other games, at least the ones that they made of their own accord. So, well, maybe not of their own accord is the right thing to say, because for the first few games they were actually partnered with Enix before it became Square Enix. So, on the SNES, they came out with a bunch of different games. There was Actraiser, which was the first one. There was also a sort of sequel to Actraiser called Soul Blazer, which a lot of people haven't heard of, and I don't really think that one did very well, which is a shame because it seems really interesting. I've not actually played it personally, but I do own it, and I'm definitely planning to at some point, because throughout this year, I'm actually planning to play over on Twitch every single one of their games that they've ever released. And I started that off last Tuesday by playing through a bit of Actraiser, and we're about halfway through that. And I've been having a great time playing it so far, and it's so much fun playing over on Twitch. I've even got a few regular viewers now, which is just fantastic, and I've got a few subscribers on there. And that's growing really nicely, so I'm definitely going to try and keep that up. So every single Tuesday going forward is going to be Quintet Night, basically. So we're going to start with Actraiser, and then when that's finished we'll move on to Soul Blazer, and then Illusion of Time which is my favourite game that they've ever made, and we'll talk a bit about why that is in a little bit as well. And then we're moving on to Terranigma, which is uh, a game that I took a long time trying to track down back in the day, and it's one that I've never even finished properly, so I'm looking forward to playing that one on Twitch as well to see what I've been missing out on because I've never actually got to the end of that one before, so that'll be really exciting. And then there's a few other games for the SNES which I'm a little bit less interested in. So there was Actraiser 2, which was a follow-up to the original Actraiser, which is actually a completely side-scrolling game. They got rid of all the uh, overhead like simulation levels completely and replaced it all with straight-up Castlevania-style action levels, which is interesting, but the game itself isn't really as good as the original Actraiser was. So I know a lot of people were quite disappointed and it's also apparently extremely difficult. So we'll see whether we can get very far in that one. 
And there was another more interesting game, but one that I have never really attempted to play before, and that one's called Robotrek. Also known in Japan as Slapstick, I think, which is very different. The vibe for the Japanese and the uh, American release for that game is just, like, whiplash. Like, the Japanese one's so cute and colourful, and it's kind of like a Pokemon-style game. And then you look at the American one, and it basically looks like some really hardcore sci-fi game. But then you get into the game, and it's still really cute and cartoony and Japanesey. so it's kind of interesting what they did with that one. So I'm kind of looking forward to playing Robotrek. All I really know about that is it's kind of a Pokemon-style game before Pokemon was a thing, and it also has some really nice soundtrack to go along with it as well, so I'm looking forward to playing that. But I'm going to try and play through them in the order that they were, that they were originally released. So we're starting with Actraiser, then we'll move on to Soulblazer. And I don't actually know which one came after that. Was it Illusion of Time or was it Actraiser 2? I'm not entirely sure. So we'll get to that when we get to it. And a lot of people know Quintet up until the release of Terranigma, but there are actually a lot of other games that they made after that as well. And I've got a massive list here. So after they left the Super Famicom, and they actually left Enix around that time as well, to start making their own games uh, without a publisher, basically, they teamed up with a few other companies to sort of release kind of indie games before indie games were really a thing. Uh, so there's a few games they made for the Saturn. One of them is called Solo Crisis, which is a kind of follow-up to Actraiser, which actually focuses more on the sim elements, which sounds really interesting. And also a really obscure game that's completely different to anything they'd ever made in the past called Code R, which is actually a visual novel mixed with a racing game, which is definitely an interesting decision for them. And then there was a bunch of games they made on the PlayStation, they made another game for the PS1 called The Zero Yon, which was part of the Simple 1500 series. Although it's not a proper racing game, it's actually just a drag strip game where you just have to change gears and hope that you beat the opponent, so not super interesting. There's two other games on the PS1, though, that are a lot more interesting. So the first one, and probably the most famous, because it actually got a release in the UK and America as well, is a game called The Grand Stream Saga, which kind of continues on their action RPG series, kind of similar to how Terranigma was so I'm very much looking forward to playing that one and there was another action RPG that less people know about called Brightus as well which uh, seems like a bit more of a action focused game than uh, Grandstream Saga did unfortunately that one's uh, Japanese only I'm not sure whether there's actually a translation yet or not so hopefully there is and I'll be able to check that one out and there's a there's a few other games on the PS1 as well there was a fishing game called Fish on Base there was a Inuyasha game that was co-developed with another company that kind of has ties to Quintet called Giant 7. And that one came out in English as well, I think. Um, and there was one other game called uh, Cho Hatsume Boy, which came out on the PS1 and on the Dreamcast. And I have no idea what that one's about at all. And uh, all of these games that I've mentioned so far I do own, but as we move into the PS2 era now, there's a few that I don't own. So on the PS2... They started off with a launch title for that system, or I think it was anyway, called Orphan Skion of Sorcery. And that's one that I do have. That's another action RPG. And there was a bunch of Japan-only games, some of which I don't even know the names of because they're only in Hiragana or Kanji, so I have no idea what they are. Uh, they also worked on a few projects kind of as, as help. So they worked on a bunch of the Atelier games and the Art and Alico series. 
And uh, they also worked on all of the PlayStation 2 remakes of the original Ease games as well. So Ease 3, 4, and 5. And they're actually fairly expensive. I was quite surprised when I tried to find those on eBay. And it turns out that they're going for about £200 each. So, And unfortunately, I do want to try and actually collect all of the games physically for my big quintet video that I'm planning. So I do need to try and get them at some point. Maybe when I actually go to Japan at the end of the year, I'll be able to track them down and it'll be a bit cheaper. There's also another Inuyasha game for the PS2. There's a Bleach fighting game. <clears throat> and uh, that's it really for the PS2. Just a bunch of really weird random Japanese games that I've got no idea what they're all about. There was three games for the GameCube that they worked on. International Superstar Soccer 3, for some reason. They worked on the programming for that with Konami. Um, a fighting game called Dream Max TV World Fighters. They worked on the uh, sound system for that game. And also the Beyblades game for the GameCube as well, which you wouldn't expect from them. And there was also a bunch of games for the Game Boy Advance as well. Um, probably the one that's most resembling some of Quintet's earlier games is a game called Magical Hoshin, which was basically a RPG for the GBA, which was based on a game that came out on the GameCube called mystic heroes which was kind of an action rpg but they didn't actually have any involvement with that they just made the game boy advance one um and there's a few more games i may as well go through the rest while we're doing this so they worked on shenmue as development support which is kind of interesting their last game that they officially acknowledged was a game called godzilla generations maximum impact so they actually did quite a bit for that one and that was actually the last game that was ever officially announced on their website before that closed down in 2002 and like I said earlier there was also the Dreamcast version of Chohat's Mayboy as well and surprisingly even though the website closed down in 2002 and most people think that the company folded around that time there was actually two other games that I found that they also had a hand in on the Wii so in 2008 and 2009 so in 2008 they worked on a game called Soul Eater Monotone Princess which I think is a side-scrolling action beat-em-up style game and their final game their final official game, at least one that I could find anyway, was a game called Mad Sector or Onslaught, which was a WiiWare first-person shooter. So you can see that after they left Enix, they really went off in a wild direction and tried like every sort of genre they could think of, which is kind of sad. I mean, I can kind of see why they wanted to move away from just action RPGs, because if that's what they'd been doing for like 10 years up until that point, maybe they got a little burnt out and they wanted to try their hands at some of the things without... Enix breathing down their throats, but honestly, I don't think anything after Terranigma really lived up to their earlier games that they developed. And I said I would talk about why I, in particular, really love them, and that is because of my love of the game Illusion of Time. So I found out about that game completely at random. It was just a random day in college, and I'd finished college for the day, and I was walking through the town center, and a game in the glass cabinet in Game Station caught my eye. It was called Illusion of Time. And all I could see in the cabinet was, because the box was sideways, I could see one tiny little screenshot of the main character fighting a worm in the desert. And I thought it looked really interesting. And I didn't actually buy it that day. But the day after, I was looking up some more screenshots of it during college, because I could remember what the name of the game was. And I went back to buy it that evening after college and I went home and I literally played it all night and I just fell in love with the game. It was like everything that I ever wanted from a game. It had a really interesting and engrossing story. It had some really interesting characters. The graphics were really good and I got to that bit that I saw on the side of the box and I just thought the whole game was so cool. 
uh, all the different music and all the different environments that you get to visit and stuff. And then that sent me down the rabbit hole of finding out who Quintet was. And then I found out that they'd made ActRaiser, which was a game that I really enjoyed a few years previously. So that was really cool to find out they made that as well. And they made the sequel. And then I found out about Terra Enigma. And then I couldn't afford that for many, many years. And then I finally got a job after I left uni, like five years later. And I finally managed to buy that for myself. And then since that day, so since about 2013, 2014, I've wanted to make a video on Quintet and I just don't know how to do it. So that entire time, that past 10 years, I've been writing a script, I've been researching loads of different areas online and in books and magazines and all sorts of things to try and piece together what happened to Quintet, why they sort of fell off the radar, why their later games don't live up to their first ones, what happened to all the people that were involved in the creation of their games and things and it's such a fascinating story and there's so much to get into and this year is the year that I'm finally going to get around to doing that. Starting off with streaming all the games on Twitch and then trying to actually buy all of those really expensive PS2 games and stuff as well. So I really hope you're looking forward to that in the future. So a bit about how I'm planning on structuring this video. I'm actually planning, and this will probably change over time, but as of the time of recording this, I wrote up at the start of the year that it's actually going to be a five-part series and that I might end up bringing them all together into one big video at the end. So part one will be the founding of the company and a little bit about the first few Ease games and how they split off and started uh, Quintet. Then the second part of the video will be about ActRaiser 1 and 2. The third part will be about the Gaia trilogy, so that's uh, Soul Blazer, Illusion of Time, and Terra Enigma, and maybe I'll roll Robotrek into that as well, because I'm not really sure where that fits in the series as a whole. Then part four will be about their Saturn and PlayStation games. Part five will be uh, setting up the other companies that they were involved with, like Shade and Giant7, and some of their help on the other projects that I mentioned on the PS2 and the GameCube and things like that. And also discuss kind of the mystery surrounding Tomiyoshi Miyazaki as well and I know that's been covered to death already and that won't really be the main topic of the uh, documentary but I'd still like to include it a little bit and maybe I'll do some separate uh, video reviews as well for the individual games but I haven't quite decided on that yet anyway and uh, to show that I've been taking this very seriously I actually have 70 different notes all laid out here with different scripts different research for all the different games, loads of screenshots, loads of magazine scans, all sorts of things. So I really can't wait to actually properly dig into this in 2024 and really try and shine a light on what is, I think, one of the best companies from the 90s that published some of the best action RPGs that have ever been made. Anyway, that's it for Quintet. Let's get on to the next part of the podcast, which is the games that I've been playing over the past two weeks. So, obviously, I've been playing a lot of ActRaiser, and you can uh, see my streams. You can see my stream highlights on my gameplay channel for that. And join me again tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday, as I'll be carrying on and hopefully finishing the game as well. Uh, some of the things that I've been playing, I've been playing a really cool game on the Switch called Asta Libra which is a Japanese indie game, kind of a side-scrolling action-adventure game with a load of really interesting and deep mechanics and a very unusual art style as well. But I've been really enjoying it. It was a recommendation from a friend, and yeah, I've been, I'm about five or six hours in now. I think it's really cool. It definitely takes a little bit of getting used to, though, and the intro was a bit weird, having you repeating the same bits over and over again. And the quest structure is also a little strange. 
And another game that I've been playing, and I actually streamed this one yesterday when it came out at the time of recording this, that is a game called Momodora Moonlit Farewell. And that is a 2D pixel art indie Metroidvania game. And yes, I know there are a dime a dozen, but I played and really enjoyed the previous game in the series, which came out on the Switch, uh, Revier Under the Moonlight or something. I can't quite remember what it was called, but I thought that game was fantastic. And from what I've played of the sequel, Moonlit Farewell, so far, I'm also really enjoying that to the graphics are just outstanding just have a google after this and you'll just see how incredibly nice the graphics and the animation is in this game it's just fantastic and i really hope they keep making more of them in the future and i did actually go back and experience some of their original games in the series and i was quite surprised to find out that they're actually more closely resembling something like cave story than metroid so that's it for some of the games that I've been playing recently, and now we'll move on to the next part, which is some of the other projects that I've been working on. So I just released a video last week about the TV Game 6, which was my first history video of the year, and I put a lot of time and effort into the research and the editing for that one, and I'm really disappointed to say that it's one of my worst performing videos ever. I don't know why YouTube's just refusing to promote it to anyone but it was really disheartening you know i put a year of research into that video and writing all the scripts and stuff and making sure that it flows really well and getting good shots of all the system and the gameplay and things and then for no one to watch it afterwards was really disheartening honestly and i'm still in kind of a slump following that and uh, it's really sad that i know the only way that i can pump my channel back up again is just to release a top games video I can see why a few people have decided to quit YouTube this year. It really is a slog sometimes, but hopefully it bounces back up and bringing in a new audience will find some more people that enjoy my more in-depth and, uh, you know, highly researched and edited history videos. So hopefully it, it comes back, else I might just stop doing them altogether because it really isn't worth the effort. I spent so long, I put literally every drop of energy that I had last week into making that video and it got me one subscriber and it made me about a pound in ad revenue, so it really isn't worth the effort, honestly. So we'll see whether I keep making them into the future as well. <clears throat> Something else that I'm planning to do more, and again, I don't really know how I feel about this, but I opened up a P.O. box to do some sponsored videos to try and get a bit more interest in the channel because it does seem to be dying and I don't want it to die but I don't really know what I can do to bring more views to the channel I just am really struggling with YouTube what do they want from me what do they want from anyone I can see why people are getting burnt out but I'm determined to at least make it to 100,000 subscribers and then we'll see what happens from there so yeah we'll see I know the top Game Boy Color video that I'm planning will do really well, but there's a few games that I want to try and purchase first. So that will be a few months maybe because some of them games are quite expensive. And again, I don't know whether it's actually worth me buying all these games physically when other channels just show emulated footage and no one really cares either way. So again, am I shooting myself in the foot? Are there easier ways to do this? I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, let's end on a more positive note by taking a look at some of my favourite pieces of content that I've watched over the past two weeks. So I'll start off again with Pirate Software, and I brought him up in the last podcast as a new channel that I've really been enjoying, especially his live streams. And uh, last week I actually caught him live with Dr. K, who is a psychologist who uh, kind of works with game creators and content creators and things like that. And they had a really fascinating talk about basically how well he's doing with everything and how he's got his life all in order and all these um, meditation tips and things so that was really interesting to listen to 
I also attended a goal-setting live stream at the start of 2023, which came off the back of buying a book from Ali Abdal, who's a productivity expert on YouTube and someone who I've been watching for many, many years. So he he released a book at the start of this year called Feel Good Productivity. And with that came a link and an invite to do a uh, online workshop, basically, to do some goal-setting for 2023. And I made a load of notes from that. And I'm still trying to refine my thoughts and feelings about that and how we can actually try and build on some of that going forward into this year so hopefully we can see some good results from that uh what else have i enjoyed uh let's do a gaming related one so i really enjoyed ant dude's video about the kirby rom hacks that he uploaded just a few days ago at this point so really enjoyed that there's loads of really cool kirby rom hacks out there from colored dx versions of the original game boy games to loads of model swaps for the wii and even Switch games, and I didn't even know they existed, so that was a really fun watch. And I guess we'll end the podcast there. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, I know I've been a little bit down in this episode, so hopefully I'll be a little bit more positive next time. But the main takeaway from this is the fact that I'm starting up the Quintet um, project properly this year. And I also apologise if I sound a little bit different to normal. I'm not feeling too good today, and I have kind of a sore throat. So hopefully it's been okay to listen to. And uh, for the rest of this year, expect a podcast episode every two weeks up until the end of the year. I'm going to do this regularly now, see whether we can hit a thousand followers over on Spotify and a thousand subscribers on YouTube. That is the goal for this year. So let's see whether we can hit that and then we'll actually be able to monetize the podcast from 2025, which is very exciting. So hopefully you're all looking forward to many future episodes to come. I'm going to try and streamline this as well to uh, make the podcast format easier for me to record in one go and to get it uploaded and stuff without taking up too much time away from some of my other projects. Anyway, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back here in two weeks to do it all over again. Goodbye.